Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. So if you have your Bibles, let's grab them. We're going to turn in the word of the Lord. And I'm going to preach a little bit here about Christmas. It's not a Christmas message necessarily, but it is about Christmas. And I'm going to use uh, one of the great Christmas passages as my text. So turn with me to Luke chapter 2, the angel speaking to the shepherds. Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. Now, we're so thankful that this time of year that anybody thankful for what the Lord did for us by coming to our world and making a difference in our lives? And we've heard it sung today. But Luke chapter 2 verse 10, let me read. I'm going to read more than one verse, so I don't want to surprise you, but let's begin here. The angel says, fear not, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Can you say praise the Lord? So my, this is my title, by the way. This is my message entitled Tidings of Great Joy. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful for it here today? Tidings of great joy fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people i can tell the devil is already nervous here this morning for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior hallelujah not an earthly king not a politician not a fleeting movie star or earthly potentate but a savior which is christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you and you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes now there are two terms that Luke uses here that are kind of uh, interesting and somewhat nebulous in over the centuries because when you speak of swaddling uh, there, there's just an interesting, the question, what, what was the swaddling? Well, I'll tell you what the swaddling was. It was the poorest thing that the poorest of families used. They would strip the, the cloth, like very thin cloth, and then they would swaddle the baby by wrapping it in these, in these strips of cloth. What they're really trying to tell us is that he came to the poorest of the poor. <laughs> hey, hey, friend, you got a friend in Jesus. I'll tell you that right now. He was wrapped in, you, this is going to be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a fat, 
Afatene in the Greek, but it's the word manger is a Latin word, which means basically a horse stable. But because they would eat there in the little trough, the word trough, which is another Latin word, but they came to call it the manger, meaning it came, they were, that's where the animals, oh, I want to tell you, my friend, whatever you need, God's got it. He cares for you. He knows where you are. You say, well, I'm rich and need of nothing. Well, that's another sermon. We'll preach that later. But if you feel like this world has left you behind, there's a God that knows exactly where you are. Tidings of great joy have come to you. Praise God. So yes, our hope is in a babe lying in a manger. This is the tidings of great joy. Put your Bibles down and pray with me. Let's do it. Lift your hands and let's pray. Come on, Lord. We need you this day. Hallelujah. Speak to our hearts and to our world, Lord. This is an apostolic people. We believe in apostolic power. We may be surrounded by fearsome darkness, but we know a Savior who came to set us free and take eternal hope into our hearts and take us away into the heavenlies. Lord, where you are, we shall be also. So talk to us right now. Get our eyes off of this world and firmly focus right now, Lord, on the true hope. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Everyone said, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Tidings of great joy. Now I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit today to defy the fear of pandemic and the concerns of life that are all about us. Of course, every generation has its fears and concerns, although we are probably quite aware that in recent history, there's not been anything quite like what we are seeing in terms of this pandemic. But I want to remind us today of the hope of the holidays, the hope that is in the gospel. So we use wisdom to defeat the virus. We don't, we don't do dumb things. If you do dumb things, then you're dumb. You don't, you don't do that. Now, I know some people think it's faith. You know, I'll walk into a front of a bus. I mean, if you do that, you're going to really, <laughs> that's not a good thing. You don't walk in front of a bus to prove you have faith. You don't need to walk in front of a bus to prove you have faith. Because I can tell you right now, a bus is bigger than you are. But if you ever need the bus to stop, and God says for the bus to stop, it'll stop. But you don't need to try God. So we use wisdom. Nevertheless, we are not diverted from the wondrous hope brought to our lives by a simple baby born into poverty. He is the hope of the world. What we feel here today is the power of God. It defeats racism. It defeats poverty. It defeats hopelessness. To be a joy for all people. Hallelujah. Does anybody believe he's for all people? <laughs> Praise God. He's for me and he's for you. He is for every people, man, woman, boy, and girl, every nation. I want to tell you, if the Holy Ghost had its way, we wouldn't have all of these problems. If you let the Holy Ghost do its job. 
So Christians everywhere put their faith in God, not men. To let the Savior light the path, to let the, his light shine in the darkness. I'm speaking to people today that need to know and feel the hope of the bright light of the gospel, of the truth. Praise God. Now, friend, you say, well, what does it matter? Why are you preaching it loud? And I go to this other church and they're soft. Well, it's not in the loud or the soft. It's in the truth. It's in the truth. If someone softly says, there's a babe born in a manger. He came to save the world. Now, if they come and say, don't you dare lift your hand and praise God, then, that, then I can't handle that. <laughs> no, 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 my friend. They told the communist nations, you can't lift your hands, but they kept lifting their hands and praising God. The devil says, you cannot, but God says, I came to shine a bright light in the darkness. So the enemy has sought always to quench that light, but to no avail. Some of you wonder what's going to happen. And I say to you prophetically in the Holy Ghost today that God is bigger than any problem. God is bigger than any political circumstance. He is bigger than any nation. He is bigger than any virus. God is the light of the world. So to, to the troubled heart listening to this preacher today, I speak to your heart because... I bear witness that Jesus is no mere religious figure. Because the church defies what the world tells us can happen. For example, I, I teach languages. I have a degree in ancient language. So I, can, I know several different languages. And, uh, and yet... The Bible said that I could lift my heart and I could be filled with his spirit. And that I'm more than a mere animal. That I, that like a monkey, for example. You know, they say we came from monkeys. And I always say, speak for yourself. Somebody said, oh, evolution is proved beyond a fact. I want to tell you all the facts they're claiming are proven beyond a doubt, are nothing but men's hopes and wishes. But I tell you, when God fills you, you are changed by the power of a mighty God. You, you, you couldn't control yourself, but all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost comes along. So I bear witness that Jesus is no mere religious figure. So I came from a family of, you know, like lots of families, torn apart and shredded by all kinds of problems, especially alcohol. And so the family was just, was just devastated by, by uh, booze. And Jesus came along and pointed out that he had shed his blood so that, so that I could have his spirit. So even though I teach uh, a few different languages, and I enjoy that, and now of course I pastor now, but I enjoy, the, I, I enjoy language. Someone said, well, only a nerd would care about that. Well... Fact of the matter is, <laughs> here I was, hungry for God, 
lifted my hands and said, Lord, what do I do? I'm a nobody. I'm just, you know, my, my dad's out on a drunk. What, what do I do? I, I, I want God, but I don't understand all this emotionalism. You know, that's what the devil does. He tries to bring fear at every step. So we can scream at a ball game, but we better be very quiet at church. See, he's just a, it's just cuckoo. I mean, who made the rule that church had to be dead and dull and boring? I want to tell you, my friend, I believe in dancing before God. Uh, well, now, there, there's only, no, no, I want to be very clear, because some of you, I, I'm not going to get back to this, because I'm, I'm off, off my, uh, my notes here, but, uh, but I believe in dancing before the Lord, but I don't believe in any other kind of dancing. Right. All, that, all that goofy dancing, I'm not for that. Right. You say, well, now you're meddling, yep, yeah. that's right. All this stuff that leads to other garbage, that's not the kind of dancing I'm talking about. I'm talking about you get the joy. <laughs> I get the joy. <laughs> Praise God. And hey, we're going out to thousands of people, but that's okay with me. I get the joy of the Holy Ghost down in my soul. And all of a sudden, they begin to pray. One person on one side was saying, let God and they were trying to pray me through to the Holy Ghost. And on the other side, they were saying, hang on! That's how I got so tall. They stretched me out. They would lay me down on the altar, lay me back, and they would do my chin like this. And they would say, uh, uh, Lay back, lay back, let loose, let loose. And then one sits up, hang on, hang on. And they'd stand me up and then they'd bounce me up and down. It was very confusing. But you know what? I don't care. Man, this whole world's got plenty of its own problems. If you want to you wanna bounce my chin up and down a little bit, then go for it. But I want to tell you something. When it was over with, I was feeling a power that was bigger than I was. And I, all of a sudden, I begin to speak in tongues exactly like the Bible says. This is not about theology. It's about an experience. A baby came to a manger. So Luke tells us clearly, now folks, you got to calm down. Luke tells us clearly why Jesus has changed the entire world in the course of history. Makes it very clear, the reason. It's not because he was elected. It's not because he was some communist dictator. No. You want to know why? Because that child born on Christmas Day... 2,000 years ago. Chapter 1 of Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, says it this way. You have never heard it before, but Luke tells us. Of course, if you're a Bible scholar, you, you will have heard that. But I mean, it's not something you hear every day, not, certainly not in America. This baby was said to be the day star from on high. Oh, hallelujah. The day star is a term for 
uh, or I mean the day spring. I'm sorry, I'm thinking I'm ahead of myself. Luke calls him the day spring, which means the source of the light of the stars. That's what we're feeling here today. And you want me to go, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How are you? How are you? But you'll go to a party, no problem raising your voice. Uh, okay. Jesus is the source of the light of all of our existence. You know, we can't even, we can't even exist without light. That's why there's a great big sun up there. And, and basically the day spring was, was the word for the sun. So Jesus is the light. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, you say, I don't understand. Well, get in the light. You say, I, I don't get what you're saying. Well, get out of the darkness. Start moving over just a little bit. You say, well, I hate people. I don't trust people. People don't tr treat me right. Well, start moving away from the darkness. And, and the closer you get to the light, I want to tell you, my friend, it changes everything. He's the day spring from on high. He is the true light in the mist of the darkness. The baby born in Bethlehem was not merely Mary's child. He was divinely conceived. Now this is the miracle I feel. I can tell the devil so he, whoa, he's going to try to stop this. He, Jesus was God come down in the flesh in the womb of a woman. A girl that had never been married. Huh. Matthew says, and I, I know you say, oh, you're going to get on that. We're going to be here all day. Uh, Matthew said that he was God with us. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Could you just love him a little bit? <laughs> he was divinely conceived so that his father was God himself. Therefore, he is sinless. And this, of course, all the big hoop-de-doo scholars today, well, that's not possible. I'll guarantee you, they're already out on the shelves because it happens every year. They have an article with some picture of Jesus that looks like somebody from another planet. And he's standing there uh, some way or other. And, and the article is all about how Jesus could not have been God. That's not possible. For Jesus to be God, aren't we smarter than that? Yeah, it's out there. I haven't even looked. I guess I need to go look now. Every year I get it and I say, let me see, let me read it. What, what university does he come from? I want to tell you, I'm, I sound like I'm making fun because I am. I'm very sorry about that. But I want to tell you, my friend, Jesus is God. He came to this world. He came to bring tidings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only in this glorious truth could Jesus be the light of the world. How could he be the light of the world unless he were God? The tidings of joy had to come from a divine source. He's the day spring. Besides, darkness doesn't yield to anything but the light. So you say, my kids are in trouble. You need the light. You say, well, it's drugs. Well, you need the light. 
You say, well, they, nobody can get them off of it. It's hopeless. You need the light. I'm telling you, there's a light that shines in darkness. I asked today, why not reorder your life and priorities and embrace the hope of the Son of God? Embrace it in your life. You say, well, grandma said this and, and so-and-so preacher said that and somebody disappointed me uh, a decade ago. Why not reorder yourself? All the things the devil has done to mess your marriage up and mess your life up and, and, and get in, in the mix and turn your children into things you don't even recognize. I want to tell you what you can do. You can reach out to the hope of the light of the world. Hallelujah. If anything positive is the result of COVID-19, which is this virus and the insidious attack that it has on life, I have lost in this summer my best preacher friend, younger than me, and I know I'm young, but he was about seven years younger than I am. He and his wife both got COVID, and before the weekend, they were both gone. Both preaching, on a trip, preaching. And before they could get home from California to, to Texas, and I, I, Lord, forgive me, I know people could hear this. And this world we're in, you can't say anything. You say it in Moscow, they hear it in Beijing. It's just the world we're in. So I lost my best friend, and my wife lost hers. Every little bit, I have to just remember what can happen in six months' time. You say, you're, you're being glib, you're being, you know, no, no, I'm not. I'm telling you that we are seeing in our world exactly what the Bible predicted. Did you know that the Bible, Jesus himself predicted that in the very last days, pestilence would fill the earth? They try to rip that out of the Bible. I was looking at some Bibles the other day. This, you can't find it in those Bibles. You can find it in mine. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Some real scholarly egghead was telling me, yes, they had to take that out of the Bible. I said, well, you can have that Bible. Give me, <laughs> give me, give me the word of God. Hallelujah. Right. So COVID-19 has shown us how uh, fragile we are. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, if there's anything positive at all about it, which there really isn't, but there is a side to this that people are opening their minds to ask the question, are, is drug the, are drugs the answer? Is politics the answer? Is hate the answer? And they're opening their, themselves to the realization that life is, is very fragile. Something we can barely, even now, after all, all this time dealing with this pandemic, and, and uh, I have a PhD. There's times I, I look at it and I think, what, 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 what is going on with this thing? I don't even think I understand it. I know how it's shaped. I know how it works. I know how it attaches itself in the lungs. I know what it tries to do. But it is insidious. 
And most people thought it would have been gone uh, some time ago and hopefully soon. But it reminds us that death is real and universal. You cannot whistle your way out of reality. Now, friends, you can like it or not. I'm the preacher, and I am telling you that one thing this is doing is reminding us that death is a real reality that we face. But it, that is death, is not final. There's a God that holds death in his hands. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do not think death is final, my friend. There's hope for all people. Hope of life that is not dependent upon oxygen. Now you say, whoa, whoa. You telling me there's life that's not. If you go to the moon, you got to take some oxygen. Anybody know that? Everybody know you got to breathe? If you don't believe it, hold your breath. I want you to, no, I'm just kidding. Don't hold your breath. No, we're all breathing oxygen, but see, we're so used to it, we forget that. Forget our hearts beating. Blood is pounding through our bodies, and that's what catches the, you breathe in this, these viruses. There's ton, tons of them right now. Not, not as deadly, perhaps, as, as this pandemic, but we get them in, into our bodies, and uh, we breathe, and the air uh, goes into our lungs and on and on and on. It's just mind-boggling. But there's life that's not dependent on oxygen. Someone said, well, that's cuckoo. You mean you're telling me that people can live without air? Yes. When you get to heaven, the Bible never says that they're, the, they're pumping air into the new Jerusalem. No, 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 my friend. God has prepared a place for you. God has said, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give my life for you. My blood's going to run down the cross, and I'm going to give my life on your behalf. Oh, that makes the devil mad. So you say, well, yeah, but you don't know what I've been doing. But God knows. And God's going to take care of it. So shout the news. Jesus has changed our lives and given us an eternal hope. Let's lift our hands and thank God for it right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So right now, in the face of the enemy, you should tell the devil. And I'm, 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 I'm getting very close, but stay with me. You need to tell the devil. I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you the truth. You need to say to the devil, get behind me, Satan. That's what you need to do. You're going to remember this. Call me. You're going to remember this. You're going to have to say, Satan, get behind me. You should make Romans 15 and 13 your theme for the holiday. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You should make that your theme. Put your hands together and say, Lord, I have a hope, and that hope is in the Son of the living God. Jesus was so filled with power that even someone that touched him was healed. Ha 
Hallelujah. Someone that just touched him was healed. Sickness instantly was healed. When a woman had the faith to reach through a huge crowd, bend down on her knees and touch the hem of his garment. She touched just the hem of his garment. What do you think of that devil? <laughs> faith in God puts the devil in his place. You say, I don't think it can happen. I am telling you, it can and it will. Yes. Tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's you, friend. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your past is. I'm talking about your future. You're hungry. God can fill you. Jesus said to the hungry, what do I? they said, uh, uh, Lord, what are we going to do to feed all these 5,000 people here? What are we going to do to feed them? And Jesus said, sit them down. Sit them all down. And they were thinking, oh, it's going to take a while to go to McDonald's and get all those burgers. And he's, they all sat down. Of course, there was way more than 5,000. The Bible says 5,000 men with their families. And the Bible says he takes the bread. They found only one lunch. Now, I find that very hard to accept. I mean, folks, if you were in a crowd of 5,000 plus, you think there's only one person there that would have anything to eat? I, I don't want to ask, I don't want to embarrass anyone. In fact, we have, if when you leave, there's stuff for you to take home to eat as you leave the building. Of course, we're in a modern uh, state and they were out in the mountainside and Jesus is teaching and they couldn't find but one lunch and it was a boy that had a, a little lunch with him and it was a happy meal and it had uh, five little loaves in other words they're just little like little let's I'll just say like biscuit little biscuits and, and there were two fish in there ready to go. So baby, when you, when, when Jesus starts talking, when you're done, you got this little bit of lunch and, and then you, you just get the fish out, sit down and, and you got these five little pieces here. And there might've even been a, who knows, a licorice stick. I don't know. It never mentioned the licorice stick. So I don't know, but knowing that if it was a little boy, there might've been, did they have licorice? Do you know, are you an expert on candy? All right. Sister French will, I'll ask her. She's, uh, uh, she's an expert on, on candy and candy making. I can tell you that right now. You can just tell by looking at your pastor. She is an expert at it. So they didn't know what the next step was. And he said, well, does anybody have anything? He said, well, just this one boy here. He's got this little tiny lunch, just five little loaves and a couple fish. That's all. And Jesus said, perfect set them down and bring me the bread and he stood up in the mist where every eye could see him exactly like is happening to me right now everyone on that hillside could see now five thousand is a lot of people and they're looking up at Jesus as he pulls out those little loaves 
Now, if you think they were the size of French bread, go ahead, that's fine. I don't mind you thinking that. But not many boys bring five huge French loaves of bread in a little sack with them. So it wasn't. It was indeed something about the size of a cookie. And so he, they begin to pull it out, and Jesus blessed it. And that's what's happening here today. The blessing of the Holy Spirit is upon this place. And as you bring yourself to him, all of a sudden you hear the blessing of God upon your life. And you say, this can't be possible. It can't be possible because I'm not worthy. And all of a sudden, the blessing of God comes down upon the life of the unworthy. Those little loaves. And one apostle shouted out, what are they among so many? What, what are these little loaves? What, what's the good going to be? But in the hands of the Savior, born in Bethlehem, as he broke it, every time a crumb fell from that little loaf, another would drop off. And they begin to, people were going, what is going on here? I want to tell you, my friend, that's the God we're serving today. Everything you need is in plenty, is in plenteous uh, amounts. Whatever you need, God has it. You, you got to really watch because when he's done, your life is going to be full. And it started off with just that little morsel. In the hands of a Savior... There is more than enough. He keeps multiplying. And so I'm asking you today, turn from sin and the world and look at all this crowd as they begin to smile. He will take you. Someone said, well, I'm happy with my meth and my drugs. Yeah, I heard that just the other I'm happy with it. I said, uh, yes, I know you are. I'm happy with my, how are you going to pay for the next batch? I'm just wondering how you're going to do it. Well, you know, don't, 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 don't look down on me, preacher. I'm not looking down on you. I'm asking you to look up at the hands of a Savior that can make a difference in your life. Tidings of great joy. And to demonstrate that life is more than breathing air. And to prove the existence of the soul, which our hearts tell us is, is real. Jesus interrupted a funeral to raise a dead boy I want the musicians to come to raise a dead boy and give him back to his mother he couldn't wait to give life to the dead to show you and me that he is the life giver whatever you need today God has it because that good news my friend he is the giver of life through the power of the spirit you can be changed into his image you become a different person you become like him. So abundant life down here. In other words, we're living pretty good lives. We're breathing. When we're sick, we're healed. We're blessed. We learn how to love people instead of hate them. You know, that's a pretty good deal. I see a whole lot of hate. I'm seeing more hate today than I have in my entire life. I'm seeing people that think that hate is a solution of some kind. 
That's when I go back and read Dr. King. I even preached one of his sermons recently where he talked about how ridiculous it is to think that if you hate someone enough, you, you win. You don't win because you hate. You win because you love someone. And everything in love changes who you are. Hebrews says, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And so it is. Because death couldn't hold Jesus, it can't hold us. Could we just stand all, all across the building? I want to give you an invitation today. Death could not hold Jesus. They told Jairus, who was a ruler of, this, of the synagogue, which is a kind of like a Jewish church, we'll call it. His daughter was critically ill. And he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, please, 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 I know I'm Jewish. I know, I know that I, I, I've never come to you before, but my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. It's my baby. Gotta come. I know I'll be ostracized because we, we're not supposed to talk to you. But it's my baby. And while Jesus, Jesus said, yes, where? Where do you live? Where do you live? And while they're on the way, the woman that touched the hem of his garment, touched the hem of his garment, almost derailed the, the trip. And then they got done, and they were about to pick up and go on to the house, which was some distance. And when they got moving this fella come all out of breath and came up to, and stopped to Jairus Jairus and he said oh it was the head of his house I said, what what is it he said don't trouble the master she's already gone 12 years old tears you know there's times you can't control the tears they just come running down. And Jesus said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And kept on walking. I'm going to tell you, my friend, God's going to reach you. <laughs> He's got an answer for you because he knows how to touch your life when you need it the most. Can we just lift our hands and praise God? Let's just thank him right now. So he slips into the house and raises the girl from the dead because death is not final, either in her life or yours. Your life can be different now. If you're ready to pray, I want you to step out now. Some of you might have concerns about praying, how you pray. That's fine. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you what you can do. Some of, There's a lot of room up here, and some of you want to step out. Saints, some of you should come too. Just step out and say, I'm going to find a spot. Over there, there's places. I'll get room right up to the middle. Nobody's going to get in your space. You can wear a mask. You can be very careful, but I want you to bow your heads. That's very important that we pray without looking at what somebody else is doing. We're going to get a hold of God right now. That's it. Keep coming. Lift your hands wherever you are. If you lift your hands, you're
you're surrendering yourself to the Lord, lift your hearts right now. The tidings of the Holy Ghost are flooding hearts when we lift our hands. So don't delay. Praise God right now. Now, wherever you are, I want you to pray with me in Jesus' name. Y'all go ahead and sing. Thank you, Jesus. Reach over to your family and pray. And I'm going to pray aloud for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. someone turns their mind 